0: Hey everybody, welcome to Melrose Sheltering in Place, I'm Nan. And
1: I'm Christopher, and I'm going to ask forgiveness now, in case I start to sound a little spacey this episode, because I've been awake since one thirty am
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say you were on drugs.
1: Oh no, if but only. But why
0: have you been awake since one thirty am oh,
1: Well, I'm really bad at sleeping anyway. And then, oh, right. You know, I don't drink much at all anymore. That was kind of a pandemic thing that happened is that I used to drink every day and now I'm an occasional drinker. And I had some wine yesterday. And it's one of those things where, you know, I slept really solidly from about 7.45 p.m. to 1.30 a.m. And then I was just bolt right awake wide awake
0: oh Um, yeah
1: and i you know i i did my new thing which is where i don't just necessarily lay there and struggle i i turned on the tv and watched an episode and a half of killjoys and that's when i was like yep i'm not falling back asleep so i got up and i did some writing for um, a paid assignment and then did some blogging and yeah so later on today i'm definitely gonna fall asleep in my chair but (laughs) Yeah,
0: I feel like a nap is in your future. Yeah. Um, I, I wish I
1: was a better napper. Like, I am not good at laying down in a bed and taking a nap. When I do that, I feel like death. But
0: I don't love naps. Um, I, yeah, for similar reasons. I don't, I usually don't feel better when I wake up. But also, I just, I don't know. They're just not my jam.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, I will
0: say, my I don't like naps. What I do like, though, is... <laughs> Is if I'm gonna do something that's nap-like, I prefer to like put on a really easy to like easy show to Mm -hmm. watch and just sort of lay there and zone out. Yeah, that feels good. While a TV show is on, and uh, you know, if I doze, I doze, but um, usually I just lay there and sort of be in the presence of the television.
1: Yeah, it feels like when you wake up from one of those little TV snoozes, it just feels fantastic i love it yeah
0: happened to me in the middle of one of these episodes (laughs) (laughs) that i was watching last night um
1: that hasn't happened to me because usually um behind the scenes info here i'm usually at work when i watch
0: these episodes (laughs) oh you've cracked the code i need to get on that tip nope just kidding boss i don't think my boss listens to my podcast Um, I don't know if anybody listens to this podcast. Well, except for our number Michelle. one,
1: fan, Michelle. Yeah, hey. yeah. So
0: holler at you, Michelle. Thanks for keeping us in business. <laughs> um. Cool. Well, do we have any? Do we have any? I was going to say hot topics, but we don't the do that. Wrong
1: show. Here. <laughs> um. Let's see. <laughs> On Tuesday. Um. I'll be two weeks out from my second vaccine, which means optimal, um, immunization powers. And, um, I might just go to the Korean spa a week from today. We'll see.
0: Oh my God. Just last weekend I was hanging out with some friends and we discovered that we have a mutual love of the Korean spa and I looked it up and ours is open. It's open like less hours the normal, and they're not doing any of the services, so you can't get a body scrub, but you can go soak. You know,
1: is this a friend you would be comfortable getting naked with?
0: I mean, I am not a modest person. Yeah, I've never been modest, <laughs> so I'm pretty comfortable getting naked in front of literally anyone. Um, so, yes, but yes, as in it's not hard for me to get naked yeah. in front of literally anyone. I
1: kind of feel the same way. Like... Um... Like we have such weird cultural hangups about nudity, and I think it's time for us to just get over it.
0: I have this distinctive memory of being like in the probably like fifth or sixth grade, and I was at school, and we were going to be doing some kind of like performance. I don't even remember what it or, was. Like
1: equus or something. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. and
0: all of us uh, young girls, young AFAB fab people, um, went into the bathroom to change our clothes and uh i literally walk in the bathroom and just start taking my clothes off and the other girls were like waiting for the stalls and like giving me a hard time like oh my god i can't believe you're just taking your clothes off i'm like uh hello we all have the same things yeah. <laughs> like i don't know like what i don't know what i'm so what i did not have any frame of reference for shame about getting naked none um I mean, it's not unusual in my family for people to just leave their clean laundry piles in the laundry room and walk naked around the house to go get their clothes. And some people would probably hear that and think that is very weird. And I don't know. It just does not seem that weird to me. Like, it's just bodies. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't walk around in front of my family naked now. <laughs> but I don't. It's just so strange to me that everybody has such hang ups about being naked
1: yeah it's funny um one thing that's happened in my family recently is my mother-in-law has signaled interest in maybe getting like um a combined property where like we have separate houses but they are you know on the same large property and for me if we were to do something like that like I would also like to maybe have a pool if we're gonna go crazy and have a compound right and then I was like but um am I going to get to skinny dip in my own pool or is that not going to happen because my mother in laws there? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I mean, excellent question. So wait, y'all currently live basically on the same property with your in-laws?
1: No, we like, she has signaled interest in finding um, oh, okay. a, a large property where we, could, and we're, you know, we're talking about maybe that would be on Whidbey Island, which is a very idyllic place. Um, you know, but this is early stages. We're talking about, um, like i was looking at listings and that was a little premature because uh in this market listings last about 25 minutes um
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no kidding so
1: yeah but uh i mean
0: it sounds nice it sounds i just i'm a firm believer in having at least an hour's worth of physical distance between (laughs) me and all people that i am related to yeah my Um, my in-laws makes things a little bit better they're
1: like 15 minutes or 10 they're like a 10 minute drive from here so we've already got the the closer in like um we we moved uh to where my husband grew up like specifically because it would be kind of closer to them um but it it'd be a lot closer if we do this for sure
0: (laughs) yeah no kidding but we'll see um, I just feel like when I'm too close, people want to hang out all the time. And I need – I don't mind hanging out. I like my family. But I just need – I need space. I'm a space person. Yeah. I'm a space person.
1: <laughs> I, I feel yeah. I just <laughs> i just kind of feel like, you know, we might need to be in more of a caretaker mode in the coming years. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a big so, mood. That makes sense. I now. keep
0: forgetting that I'm entering into that part of my life. <laughs> um, but, yeah true but if you go move on to a kick-ass washington state island uh that sounds pretty nice i'd go in halfsies with my in-laws on that yeah for
1: sure or maybe you know 30 60 make let them sweeten the deal for us i don't know
0: (laughs) for sure especially if you had like separate houses yeah
1: that's Uh, essential i think
0: yeah uh, all right. Well, uh, speaking of compounds, should we get into talking about the Melrose Place? Yeah,
1: that's a, another great compound in pop culture history. So much stuff happens there and in places <laughs> nearby. Um, so, yeah, let's start off with uh, you telling us about Season 3, Episode 4, which is called Grand Delusions
0: grand delusions. Also the name of the next episode is hilar. It's non-sexual healing. Yeah. I know we're going to get there, but <laughs> I just really needed to say that because at some point last night I like I alluded to earlier. I kind of fell asleep for a minute. And I was like, "Oh, when I woke up, I was like, "Oh, how long have I been asleep? You know, did I sleep all the way into the next episode?" Uh you know my 10 episodes down the road and it's 5 a.m i have no idea what's happening so i like clicked on the little thing just to see where i was and what episode i was on and i saw the title and i was like (laughs) really like non-sexual healing really that's the title you went with all right cool um, but that's not this episode. This episode is called "Grand Delusions," and uh, the opening scene is the most amazing black and white flashback <laughs> of Michael getting hit by the car. <laughs> um, and it definitely had very '90s production vibes. Um, it's a nightmare, and he bolts upright in bed. He can remember the car now, and even what the dri- and even that the driver was blonde. Kimberly consoles him on the deck and tells him he may have to accept that his memory loss is permanent. He won't be deterred from finding the missing piece of the puzzle, though. Um, apparently, Sydney works for Jane now, uh, but Jane's uh, giving her the day off so she can adjust to her new reality. Sydney's wearing a gigantic is wearing gigantic old pajamas and is worried because Michael is the only person who can say that it wasn't Sydney who ran over him um and he doesn't remember so she wants to visit michael and jog his memory but jane says it's pointless you know what's so funny about all of this to me is that like everyone is assuming that if only michael could remember that he would have seen the face of the person clearly enough to know exactly who it was which i think is a big assumption
1: yeah like have you ever i don't know like have you ever almost been in a car accident and you like like you know, you take a turn that you shouldn't have taken and like everything is just all of a sudden elevated and you're like, "Wow, like I've done that and I've realized like I can't even remember what that car that almost hit me looked like. Like I just I don't buy it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he's like crossing the street, he's not looking for it, he's not expecting someone to hit him. So he's literally like not even looking in the direction of the car necessarily, yeah. you know, as the person is speeding towards him. Um it, I don't know. It's just so funny that this whole storyline hinges on assuming this. And I just don't... I don't think that's... I mean, I don't think it's outside the scope of possibility. But I think it's very remote possibility. Yeah. And the actual assumption I would make is that he never saw the person's face. Yeah, for sure. Also, the person is wearing fucking sunglasses and a wig. Yeah. Like... Anyway, uh, I just I, it's not the place. Do
1: you remember there being any mention of that Sydney was going to work at Jane Mancini Designs? Yes, okay.
0: it was a it was a stipulation of her probation. Oh, okay. Like she had to go get a you know like a real job, and Jane was going to give it to her or whatever. Um, so I do actually remember that.
1: Okay, I I'm glad that even though I'm like putting together outlines, you're still better at remembering fine details than I am. Like we make a great
0: team for that exactly because i would never make this spreadsheet in a million years (laughs) i would literally you know what i was doing before you started making these spreadsheets i there's a blog where somebody has done recaps of every episode and i would just pull those up (laughs) and have them handy so for the things i couldn't remember so there you go nice Don't work harder, work smarter. That's what I always say. Um, So, Sydney finds Michael on the beach and pretends not to know him, introducing herself as Miranda, which my first thought was, like, where does she think that's going to go? Like, also, if she wanted to jog his memory, why wouldn't she say her name in the hopes that it would jog his fucking memory? Yeah. like, it's weird. It was so weird. (laughs) So, they make fast friends. And, again, Michael's acting at, like – the way that he portrays having amnesia as being, like, a child is just never-endingly hilarious It's to bad. Me. But it's important to what happens later in this story. Because I think it's there to draw the distinction, mm. right? Between, like, good Michael and evil Michael. <laughs> um, so Michael comes home with some groceries and finds Sydney relaxing on the deck. He explains that he doesn't live there alone and when pressed says he's technically available. Sydney starts kissing him and Michael changes his story saying he loves Kimberly or that he thinks he does and she says he does. Sydney kisses him more and he panics and goes inside. You know, a thing that's always interesting to me is how um when I watch older media, like even into the nineties, obviously, like the nineties were, I guess, more conservative than I think I realized, but I was very young. But it's like this idea that you're literally available in, in, if you're not married, mm. even if you have a person you're dating, you know what I mean? Like there's this under, there's this like cultural understanding in a lot of old media that if somebody's not married, they're available.
1: Right. Or at least you have to have a fiance. Like, right. It, it's only the engagement that truly seals the deal in a lot of older stuff yeah
0: and it's just this weird it's just such a different way of thinking about it versus like what i feel like is my understanding now which is that you can ha- be a life partner and never get married right yeah. um or be i mean i feel like if you have a, a you've had a conversation with your significant other and you're in a de- you know a decidedly monogamous boyfriend girlfriend boyfriend boyfriend girlfriend girlfriend situation you're not available you know but uh there was this like ultra like ultra privileging of marriage that is just always so interesting to me when i see it
1: yeah for sure
0: um after dinner a car nearly hits michael and he flashes back to when kimberly ran him down and remembers that it was her like literally that's all it took yeah like this whole time we've just been struggling and then all of a sudden in his memory and he can see her face (laughs) Um, the next morning she scores his bone job on a night, <laughs> a 9.9 9 and tells him he should continue to be your house boy. And he says he wants to go back to work. Um, Michael visits Sydney at Jane's place, which he knows about after following her home from their last encounter, they kiss in the living room and Michael carries her to Jane's room and ties her to the headboard with one of Jane's scarves that was conveniently on the bed. He pretends it's a sex game, but it turns out he remembers everything and he's back to his old self. And I, like, fucking loved the way they played this because he tied her up and he's still talking like a kid or, you know, he's still sounding like sweet little innocent Amnesia Michael. And the minute he gets her tied up, he's like, I wouldn't have sex with you if you paid me a million dollars and she's and at first she's like oh you want me to beg and he's like oh no blah, blah, like kind of being shitty to her and then her face like there's this recognition that comes over <laughs> her face and she's like oh you're michael like you're back uh and it was really i it was nicely done yeah. i think um so uh yeah that was wonderful um, it's Sydney. It's blah, the blah, blah. he leaves
1: her there alone part.
0: I'm like, oh no! I got so into talking about <laughs> what I was talking about. He pretends it's a sex game, but he remembers everything is back to his old self. Okay, yeah. He leaves her there alone to be found by Jane, and when she and Chris get back, Jane is completely unsympathetic and and sees through Sydney's lies about the encounter, and then makes out with Chris in front of her. <laughs> that oh, was and so Chris weird. was like looking at her on the bed, like. <laughs> 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 like, that was so funny. Like, they start kissing in the bedroom while Sydney's still laying there on the bed. And as he's kissing Jane, he's like opening his eyes and looking over at Sydney in her like sexy nightgown or whatever.
1: And. And, you know, we aren't going to give anything away yet, but this is definitely a turning point for him. Like, something broke
0: in his brain all of a sudden, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I mean, they've been, they've, you know, they hinted at last time or whatever at something was going to happen. But uh, anyway, it was just so overplayed, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it was so overplayed. So the next day, Chris confronts Sydney about her participating in the incident with Michael and calls her a white trash hooker. All right. Well, that escalated very quickly. <laughs> um, Kimberly comes home from work and Michael confronts her with the dress she was wearing when she ran him down and a blonde wig. He runs. She runs to her car to flee, but Michael stands in front of it, daring her to run him down. <laughs> uh correctly this time and then she can't do it and then they basically have sex on the hood of her car (laughs) which was interesting because i feel like when we when the shot was like from the car's point of view towards michael they live like it just looked like there were other i don't know it was very odd um
1: it seems like it would have been somewhere where people could see them
0: Yes, it did. That is what I was trying to say. Yes, it did seem like it was somewhere where people might see them.
1: And if that's not heterosexual privilege, I don't know what is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like if I tried, if I tried to go out right now and bone on the hood of my car with my spouse, um you know te- technically not hetero because i am not straight but uh still appears hetero and i i still think my neighbors would call the cops but you know i think you're right there is, there
1: is definitely <laughs> it's, it's more okay when <laughs> when everybody appears to be heterosexual
0: yes it's true people are like there's a less uh less pearl clutching um so allison and billy and joe and jake and Amanda, um A car that appears to be Betsy is shown in traffic, but we aren't told for sure that Allison's inside. At Melrose Place, a staircase we've never seen before apparently leads to Amanda's apartment. Palmer is hiding out there and says he's about to turn himself in, but had to take care of some matters before going to the big house. Billy slams his stuff into boxes while Allison and Joe visit at the table. By the way, Sean and I used to have a table just like that. Oh, really? Table. Is it one of
1: those 50s ones? Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, Joe's worried about Reed's parents, but Allison assures her no judge would ever take the baby away, which is what I would say. At Allison's suggestion, Joe decides to visit Reed's parents and assure them that they'll be part of the kid's life. And Allison says, like, it's easier than getting a lawyer. And my brain automatically went, do not do that without talking to a lawyer. Like, absolutely never. If somebody has given you a summons, never speak to them without a fucking lawyer. Everybody, say it with me. Also, do not talk to cops without a fucking lawyer. Say it with me. Write it down. 75 times. Just remember that. Um. So, at Allison's, uh blah blah, Billy makes Allison return the wedding gifts and she's the one who called it off. I hate him so much!
1: <laughs>
0: <clears throat> Billy is the worst. Oh my god, can we make uh, Melrose Sheltering in Place branded merch that's just t-shirts to say Billy is the worst? Like an
1: I Hate Billy fan club? Yes, I'm I am in
0: the I Hate Billy fan club. I'm oh ready. I've
1: already got good pictures to use for it.
0: I'm sure you do. Oh, my God. That one that you texted me the other day. (laughs) He's the worst. Like, he just, oh, my God, he's the worst. Okay, so Brittany is still on the boat, and she says her pretend husband found out that she stayed on the boat. It's a story to keep Jake away from the boat so that it can be blown up but he has a photo shoot there the next day. Brittany says she tried and says goodbye, but clearly didn't think she needed to try very hard to save his life or the models or the crew. Amanda tells Allison and Billy about a new bridal salon client pitch. And of course they make snide comments, even in front of the client. Allison pitches the boat as a location, but Amanda says D and D no longer does business with Jake Hansen. Um, that whole scene. What it, the F? They're so
1: stupid because they're supposed to be, like, so concerned about their jobs, right? Um, but they can't go five minutes without being little assholes to each other for the sake yes. of a of a successful meeting? Come on.
0: Also, okay, like, they're meeting with this client who's just, like, some generic-looking older white gentleman. And Allison, <laughs> Allison said, like... We could do it in a... we First first of all, we should take it out of the church. Like, this is the edgiest thing that's ever happened. And he's like, oh, my God, where would we have it, though? like A
1: wedding? Not in a church?
0: Not in a church? And she's like... he You know, like, so he said, like, outside. And she says, like, what about on a boat? And that guy just goes, I like boats. <laughs> and it was the funniest piece of dialogue I've ever heard. Well, like...
1: And it's so funny to me because that's not a very nice boat. Um, Like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't tell a client to do a photo shoot on that boat because it's not an impressive boat. Like, the only good reason to use it is because you could get, like, the sky and some other scenery in the background, right? Right. Like, it's a fugly little piece of crap boat. Not for yeah long, I
0: don't know but... why could they keep having all these photo shoots on this one boat yeah. um but sure have it on a boat um and yeah Billy cannot shut the fuck up and stop making little sideways comments <laughs> oh she's running away from her own wedding sounds familiar or whatever he said <laughs> and I was like oh my god shut up I hate you um so blah 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 Jake comes to Amanda's to confront Amanda about the canceled photo shoot while Palmer hides in the bedroom. While she's mad at Jake, she won't stand for Palmer criticizing him and tells him to eat alone. He calls Brittany to speed up the plan to blow up the boat.
1: I just had the funniest idea of something that the writers should have done. What if Jake would have been like really mad and then he would have been like, but you know what? Let's forget about it. I want to be with you again. Let's have sex. And then she would have had to be like, She couldn't say no because that would be suspicious. So then she would have to do it with Jake while Palmer listened from the other room. And he'd be like oh, he'd be like, Let's yeah, go to the bedroom ew. and she'd be like, No, do me in the kitchen. And then Palmer would be in the back, like,
0: Ugh. Oh my
1: god. I should have been a writer on Melrose Place. Obviously.
0: <laughs> I mean literally any of us should have been a writer on Melrose Place. <laughs> Joe visits Reed's parents and relaxes on her bunny on their bunny wa- and wagon wheel themed couch. That's so weird. Uh, she says they won't be excluded from the baby's life and they admit the reason they think they can take the baby is that she murdered Reed. Mm. They have no intention her her being any part of the family. Joe calls them sanctimonious self-righteous hypocrites and leaves. Mm. Um, and at some point the dad does make this comment or maybe I can't remember which one but like they basically are like it was really stupid to come over here without a lawyer and I was like <laughs> exactly That is exactly what I'm saying. So anyway, get a lawyer. Always get a lawyer. Always get a lawyer. Okay. Billy bursts into Amanda's office, mad that Allison doesn't like his copy, and the two of them bond over their mutual disdain for Allison. (laughs) Uh, Palmer wants Brittany to forge Amanda's signature so so he can gain access to a safe deposit box full of cash, but she says he'll have to get Amanda to do it. He tells Amanda that someone he owes money to, oh my gosh, will come after her if he doesn't pay up, and all he needs is for her to get $1 million cash out of the box. She agrees to go to the bank in the morning. Amanda gets the money, which Palmer explains he hid from her mom. He also says the loan he gave her to buy Melrose Place came from that money, and she won't have to pay it back. Ooh. Um, Brittany goes to the boat with a duffel bag full of plastique in the middle of the day instead of at night when nobody would be around. (laughs) Um, Allison bursts into Amanda's office, furious that she overrode her decision about Billy's copy and accuses Amanda of wanting Billy again. Um, Amanda reminds Allison that she nearly ruined life and vowed to ruin Allison's and said allison shouldn't bother quitting because amanda will put info in her personnel file so damaging that allison won't be able to get a job bagging groceries
1: um and just so everybody knows that's not how life works like you're any problems that hr has with you at your job are part of their files and if someone calls them for a reference all they're ever gonna say is yes they worked here during those times and like that's about it like you're you're not gonna get a terrible reference from anybody ever that's just it doesn't happen
0: (laughs) right um amanda returns home to find palmer isn't there not even in the closet the closet that had shelves so nobody could be in there. Right. Like when she opened that closet, I was like, it's a shelf closet with like towels and linen. Yeah,
1: he wouldn't fit like,
0: in there. It was so I I was like I I thought maybe they were going for like, oh, all his clothes are gone. It wasn't even that kind of closet. <laughs> um, so anyway, yet again, the the like everyone on this show is doing the best they can with what they have. They just don't have the right kind of closets on the set (laughs) to show what they're trying to show um and the money's gone too even though it's evening Amanda calls the FBI and is immediately connected to Special Agent Hill um Palmer shows up at the boat and holds Jake up with a gun Jake's hair has never looked worse I know right oh my god it was like he had a chili bowl Caesar or something it was bad (laughs) They boat out and meet another boat where Brittany has a gun, too. Palmer tells Jake he wants revenge, then knocks him out with a gun. Brittany double-crosses Palmer and shoots him and asks Jake to run away with her, but he tells her to go to hell. Jake checks on Palmer, who appears to be dead already, and spots the bomb. Brittany detonates the bomb from the other boat. Boom. And that is the episode.
1: Oh, boy. So I don't know if we're ever going to see Brittany again, so I'm going to mention now. I went to the Kmart website and I searched Kathy Ireland. They still sell Kathy Ireland branded stuff at Kmart.
0: Oh yeah. I'm sure that doesn't surprise me.
1: Like I, it's been a long time. I'm, I'm impressed that her line has such longevity.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Good for her. I don't know what
1: else she's doing. So yeah, I wish I had some of that Kmart money. (laughs) Um, Oh, this is funny. So um, for those who don't know, my last name is Bragg, Christopher Bragg. And a new coworker asked on a call yesterday if I was related to the the natural foods company, Bragg, that makes like the apple cider vinegar and stuff. And I was like, oh, no, um, I do use a lot of their vinegar because I make my own shrubs. And what I wanted to say, but I didn't, was like, do you think if I had Bragg apple cider vinegar money, I'd be working here? <laughs>
0: Anyway. <laughs> right? No kidding.
1: Um, okay, episode five of season three, as we discussed earlier, is called Non-Sexual Healing, which is such a weird name. I can't even remember any reason for it to be called that, but maybe we'll uncover it as we talk about it.
0: Yeah, I really didn't understand it either, and I, as we were nearing the end of the episode, I still wasn't understanding it. I don't understand it. Yeah, d- I don't understand the title. Does
1: anybody experience any healing at all. I don't know. Um, And there's certainly some sex. So let's see. Uh, Kimberly and Michael lounge in bed, basking in the afterglow of their sex. Do people still call it that? The afterglow? That seems like a dated term. (laughs) Um, Michael jokes about the stay of execution that lingers for them. But Kimberly feels that they truly belong together and... She can't wait to leave L.A. with him. He doesn't want to move, though, and he doesn't seem to care whether they're even together. Uh, Matt gets to be in this episode. He wasn't in the last one uh, because Michael tells him that he got his memory back and he has his job back, too. Matt tells him that he should get away from Kimberly because it was her who tried to kill him. But Michael says to mind his own business. And it's funny because Matt said, like, how can you stay with a woman who tried to kill you? And Michael said, do I judge your lifestyle, Matt? <laughs> Which just great. Um, Matt, get uh, sorry, Michael comes to Jane Mancini Designs to talk to Sydney, who is dressed as a 90s housewi or sorry, a 50s housewife, while Jane is dressed as a 20s flapper. Um, amazing styling going on there. He's actually there to tell Sydney that he wants a divorce, and he threatens to sick Kimberly on her. Jane says they'll think about what they want in the divorce, as if Michael has anything. And he says that they have the rest of the day to think about it. Chris comes to Jane's apartment to invite Jane to breakfast. And Sydney knows Michael doesn't have anything, so Chris suggests that she ask for his share in Jane Mancini designs which I hadn't thought of until they said that. Michael realizes that she owes Jane, sorry, Sydney realizes that she owes Jane big time and agrees it's a good idea. So she calls Michael to meet for dinner and discuss it. They meet at Montezino's, of course, because that's almost the only fancy restaurant they ever go to. Michael tells her he's staying with Kimberly, and he offers her $5,000, which that made me wonder if she ever paid Lauren back. Is she still on the hook for that $5,000? Sydney says they should get back together, but Michael says no. So she tells him that she wants his half of the business, and she'll come at him with a lawyer if he doesn't comply. Jane and Chris kiss on the couch and they have a really dumb conversation about each other and their future. It's very old Jane, like the kinds of conversations she used to initiate with Michael all the time about feelings and all that stuff. Um, and she wants to have sex, but he says he needs to head home. Sydney calls Michael at the hospital for an answer about his half of the business and he says that he has papers drawn up but they need to meet up to talk about it so she meets him at a hotel room and he makes a move but he says he's with Kimberly because he's afraid of her and that if they don't get divorced Kimberly will hurt them both so signing uh, did you have a, Go ahead. Uh, so signing the divorce papers is the only way that they can eventually be together so she signs without reading them, and then Michael laughs and tells her that she just signed away all of her
0: rights. I get that Sydney is played as a character who has a lot of deep insecurities that lead her down some disastrous paths. <laughs> However, how is she still falling for Michael's shit? Like, how? Like, how?
1: Yeah, she didn't even lose her memory, so she really has no excuse.
0: <laughs> like, how? Like, I get that she really probably is a little bit, like, desperate for him to love her or somebody to love her, you know? Like, maybe not even just him anymore. But, like, how? How? <laughs> I did not understand. Like, the whole time I was watching the scene, I was like, this does not make any sense!
1: Yeah, she's very gullible. Um
0: Ugh. That's an understatement. <clears throat> that like this man literally last episode like tied her to the bed <laughs> and like I I just whatever. I may I just don't understand. Uh,
1: well, at least he was nice enough to give her that $5,000 and he leaves and at that point she vows revenge. So later on Jane wants assurance that Sydney hasn't done what she just did, which was give away Half of the business, and she lies and says Michael agreed to everything and that nothing is signed yet. Um, Michael comes to Jane Mancini Designs with questions about the books. And when Jane questions why he even cares, he says that he bought Sydney off with $5,000. <laughs> and
0: Sydney's just standing there in the background. She's kind of like, Oh, uh, oh no. And it was, I just, yeah. Um, I haven't, I haven't done that kind of thing in a really long time. I do remember a period in my life where I, I mean, you know, I'm a sober drunk. So there was definitely times in my life where I told lies in the moment to get out of whatever the fuck was going on, knowing good and well that it, there was no way I was going to get away with it eventually, you know, it was all going to catch up. Yeah. So whenever I see this trope happen in TV, it's very, uh, It's a little triggering. I don't know. It's just like, but it's also kind of nice because I'm like, wow, it's been a really long time since I've done that. Like a really, really long time. Yeah. Which maybe, maybe normal people are like, uh, yeah, we don't really do that. I don't, I (laughs) couldn't tell you a time when I did that. But listen, people like me, we do that.
1: When you know, you know.
0: You know? (laughs) I get to be proud of that. Yeah. (laughs) Screw normal people. (laughs) I,
1: I hear you. I've, um, I've done a lot of living in my time as well. And, um, uh, I definitely can look back and cringe and just be so excited about how much better things are now.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed.
1: Um, so uh, over at d d Advertising, a package with a VHS tape arrives for Amanda. It's a video goodbye from Palmer explaining that he's escaping to Mexico and he lies and says that Jake has agreed to take him there. She heads to the marina and finds the police there and tells them that she's Palmer's daughter. And the officer tells her that the pretty lady exploded. Um <laughs> someone named Elizabeth Wyatt introduces herself to Billy. She's his and Allison's new assistant, and they are definitely gonna bone. It's immediately obvious. And she confirms this by telling him that he looked great on the cover of Escapade magazine. Ugh. He describes her duties as typing, editing, and proofreading, and awkwardly asks her to lunch, which Allison overhears. She confronts him about hitting on Elizabeth and points out that he had actually used the same cheesy line on her, which was he said that, like, when you move to LA, if your name starts with a vowel, you get free lunch on a Wednesday. It's like the stupidest line ever.
0: Yeah, also, like, when they first met, they met because he was looking for a room. Yeah. Like, how is that even... That's not real that he ever used that line on Allison. That's not a real thing. Yeah, he he found her on the sidewalk. (laughs) Yeah, we all remember how they met, and it was antagonistic, and... uh he oh my god anyway whatever
1: you know what i just realized that um i need to happen on melrose place that i never realized i need to happen is i need natalie to come back to melrose place you know um allison's former roommate allison's,
0: oh my god that would be amazing the one
1: who set all of this in motion by skipping yeah. town and not making the coffee <laughs>
0: We need answers, Natalie. Yeah,
1: how <laughs> dare you?
0: You're the reason that Billy's in our lives, and we don't appreciate it. God.
1: Um, so uh, Joe comes to Amanda's apartment to get her to do something about the brown water coming from her kitchen faucet, and finds Amanda distraught on the couch. She tells Joe about the explosion and that Jake and Palmer are probably dead, but asks her not to tell anyone yet. Allison stops Amanda in the courtyard to ask for Billy's desk at D and D to be moved. Amanda tells her that the pretty lady exploded and that Jake and Palmer are missing and presumed dead, but okay. She'll make moving her or Billy's desk a top priority. Which that was so shitty. She didn't know that yeah. when she asked about that. Like
0: I mean, this is just like yeah, this is just we all know that person. Yeah. Right? It's very we Amanda. all know that person. Yeah, Like, yeah. Like exactly
1: a- any reasonable request will be met with blowback about something that you didn't even know about.
0: <laughs> right. And also like forever the need to be the center of the story and be as dramatic as humanly possible.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um so and Billy and Matt are already talking on the phone about Jake. I don't know how they know this already because, um, she told Joe not to tell anyone. Did she like immediately go to Matt's place and turn on the, the gay phone tree to spread word? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what are the three fastest forms of communication? It's telephone, television, or tell Matt. <laughs> um, But anyway, they got to work
0: Matt into the storyline. somehow, Right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like I said, um, last episode, he is uh, the Greek chorus of the show. And that's not just an anal sex joke. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they're on the phone talking about that when Elizabeth arrives at Billy's desk. And Allison walks up just as Elizabeth puts her hand on Billy's hand to console him. Groan. So the Coast Guard finds Jake floating on a piece of debris and, um, you know, he's in terrible shape, but rather than going to the hospital, he goes straight to Melrose Place to find everybody still up worried about him, you know, sitting around the cooler in the courtyard until 2 a.m. Um, Joe tries to hug him, but he goes straight to Amanda's place, which royally pisses her off. Uh, Jake has to break the news to Amanda that Brittany killed Palmer and that the plan was to kill him until Brittany double-crossed Palmer.
0: There is no way that Jake survived <laughs> that explosion.
1: Um, yeah. It, he did not have a lot of time to jump away. Um, uh I mean, what did the force of the explosion blow him out of its own way? I don't know.
0: He literally opened that trap door and and was over the explosives and was like, oh, no. And then she pushed the button. Yeah. Like... (laughs) <laughs> absolutely not I'm glad he survived <laughs> I mean and I expected him to survive I was like watching the explosion happening th- thinking there's no way he's going to survive this but I know he's going to survive this because like that's the way this shit works but
1: well and you can't have this show right now without Jake because I mean we would be left with Billy uh, no. oh oh what
0: they'd have to actually give Matt some lines I don't know yeah
1: we can't have that happen <laughs> Um, So Amanda and Jake go to the morgue to identify Palmer's body, and it is him. And you could tell that they needed to pad the script out a little bit because, um, you know, Amanda needs a moment alone with the body, but then they just show her, you know, there by herself for a while. But, you know, they don't even give her, like, an expositional monologue or anything they just have her stand there and be sad
0: also like what body he was literally (laughs) laying on a boat that exploded
1: right what like body how could like is there just like a meat skeleton with enough of his face (laughs) left over when they (laughs) were
0: like they're like that's that's definitely him and i'm like that is not what that would feel like. There's no way that that is just, like, his body unscathed under that cover.
1: You know... Like, n- no,
0: there's no way.
1: <laughs> if it wasn't for the fact that he got shot, I would start to maybe think that it wasn't his body. Maybe, like, he he triple uh, crossed everybody and faked his own death. But she really did shoot him, so... Yeah. I I
0: doubt it. I mean, look, it's Miller's Place, so anything is possible. Right. But what is not possible is that they looked at his body and were like, yep, that's Palmer. That's him.
1: <laughs> have you ever seen that movie Soap Dish? I have. They, it's been a minute, but yes. When they make Whoopi Goldberg, the writer, bring back the character, and she's like, I looked it up. He was decapitated. <laughs> he doesn't have a head. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, DVD recommendation. Anyway, uh, Joe and Amanda hang out at Shooter's to talk about Jake because it is literally the only bar in Los Angeles. And since it's the only bar, uh, Billy and Elizabeth show up too. Allison is mad that he's dating somebody that she works with, but he says... That the only reason he's even at D&D is because he was trying to help her. (laughs) Plus, she didn't want to live with him in New York, remember? Or even be with him. So he'll date whoever he wants. Um, Billy is so good at this stuff. Like, I will be so shitty, but I will always make it your fault. Like,
0: Yeah, he was saying all that. And I was like, literally, the reason we are here, dude, is because you could not be there for your partner yeah while she was dealing with like remembering repressed memories of sexual abuse but go off yeah sure yeah you were the victim in this situation yeah
1: won't somebody think of poor billy anyway <laughs> this is like so harsh though she asks what he even sees in elizabeth and he says that she's just like her two years ago <laughs>
0: Uh, also just so infuriating like again, she had some problems, and this is how you behave.
1: yeah, oh my God oh. So Jake brings Amanda home and she waits about one minute before kissing him, and he says neither of them is ready for this, and uh, she begs him not to abandon her um. Which I love it. Like they just got home from the morgue where she looked at her dad's meat skeleton, and all she wants is to be fucked. <laughs> like, but
0: I mean, it's a mood. I'm kind of that person, so I get it.
1: <laughs> and is this what the title meant? Like non-sexual healing? Like, I guess she wanted some sexual know. healing, and it didn't happen. So it's non-sexual healing. I don't know. But um, surprisingly, he sticks to his guns, and he just leaves. So Joe checks in on Jake and asks if she can come in and talk. She says that he hurt her feelings when he barely talked to her before going to Amanda's, which really pisses him off. And rightly so, he had to tell her, like, hey, um, I just saw your dad get shot and then exploded. Um, it's kind of yeah, important. and
0: Joe gives this speech about like it's about commitment. It's about communication. and I'm like, y'all are not in a relationship.
1: yeah, yeah. she she what. Are- she told him that she didn't wanna be in a relationship with him specifically. Like she was like, um, we are just friends, right?
0: So what is she talking about? Yeah. It's about commitment. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I was so confused. <sighs>
1: um, <laughs> um let me see. So um, he says that she and everybody else around Melrose Place are petty and self-absorbed. Well, that's correct. Um, She yells and tells him not to expect her to be there for him next time one of his businesses blows up. Ouch. And have a nice life.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sick burn, though.
1: Yeah. Burn. (laughs) Um, Anyway. (laughs) Um, Elizabeth walks up as Billy gives some juicy info about the client Johnson and LaRue. And suddenly Allison has a very hard time keeping on track, even though Alice or Elizabeth is their assistant. She sends Elizabeth to pull the client personnel file as though that's something that they would have. Um, I think maybe she meant the contacts list. I don't know. Um, but Allison she, like lays into Billy cause she doesn't think it's appropriate for their assistant to be in on the conversation. And she tells Billy <laughs> that somebody from the office asked her out. Um, which I hated that anyway, because, um, she's their assistant. So she could be there for any meeting or call that they would ever have. Like, right. She's supposed to be taking notes and stuff. That's why they have an assistant. Um, (laughs) Billy says Elizabeth was uncomfortable seeing a picture of Allison and Billy on Allison's desk that she still has up for some reason, which.
0: Why would she have that? Yeah.
1: Another one of those, um, professionally taken photos um, that people have, which are always so great on this show. Um, And then finally, Jake comes to Matt's with the keys to his apartment to give to Amanda because he's leaving Melrose Place. Even though he had an apartment full of stuff, he leaves on a motorcycle with just a backpack.
0: Yeah, it was very dramatic. I was like, oh my God, is this like how Jake leaves the show? Um. Whenever he drove up, I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, that was crazy. Yeah, he just has
1: to have his little tantrum. Yes, but what very dramatic? What could he be up to though?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So now we're on uh, episode six, no strings attached, which is also the name of an extremely excellent in sync album that I highly recommend everybody listen to. Nice, yeah. Um. Love in sync. Uh, so uh, well, hey, Jake pulls into a remote gas station, having ridden all night, and calls Joe from a payphone. She doesn't make it in time, and he hangs up instead of leaving a message. Classic. Yeah. Uh, Amanda comes to the door to grill Joe about Jake, but it's the first she's heard about him leaving. Amanda blames Joe. Joe blames Amanda. (laughs) Amanda says he's not welcome to come back, and Joe says he won't be. How could she know? I have no idea. She just knows him so well. Allison arrives at work and confronts Elizabeth for doing Billy's support tasks and ignoring hers. Elizabeth says Allison's outbox looked empty and Billy's was overflowing. Classic. Mm. So she assumed everything was in Billy's. Allison goes to Amanda to complain and Amanda fires Elizabeth. Billy confronts Allison, who says her complaint was informal and she never meant for Elizabeth to get fired. (laughs) Um, I mean, firing was such an escalation. Yeah. Like,
1: well, I mean, that's uh, that's Amanda for you because, yes. you know, she didn't do that to help, right? She did that to right. fuck with them. So
0: Yes, exactly. So Jake arrives at a large house and asks for Vince Connors. Jake wants to talk, but he says they have nothing to discuss. Connors says to meet him for coffee the next morning, where Connors explains that his encounter with Jake's mom was a one night stand. He was married and had a kid. He offers to write Jake a check, but Jake wants to talk about feelings and get to know him. So suddenly Jake has just run off from Miller's Place to go on this journey of self-discovery, <laughs> I guess. It's not going to happen. So Jake gets up to leave. Connors relents and invites him over for dinner where he'll be introduced as a friend's son.
1: And, um, A note, Vince Connors is played by Raymond J. Berry, who you would definitely recognize from a lot of roles. But notably, he played the police captain in that uh, movie Falling Down, where um, the disgruntled white dude
0: um, has
1: his rampage across Los Angeles.
0: (laughs) Is that the one with Robin Williams?
1: No, it's uh, Michael Douglas.
0: Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, So at dinner, Mrs. Connors invites Jake to stay at the house. Um, Joe and Allison meet up at Shooters to talk about Jake and Billy. (laughs) Joe points out a guy at the bar who's been checking Allison out and looks exactly like Keith. Again, His name is is Mitch, and he asks if he can get them drinks, but not what they're drinking. (laughs) He, He walks Allison home and asks if he can come inside, and after a big kiss, sure why not kissing yes you can
1: come inside she says
0: yes they (laughs) bone on the futon in the morning he invites her to dinner they'll meet at shooters for a drink first no specific time allison floats into the office on a cloud of afterglow and uh bliss and asks allison and asks amanda to cover for her at a shoot that night
1: um another casting note uh that guy <clears throat> excuse me is played by joel gretch who was the lead on the show the 4400 which you may remember i watched earlier in the pandemic <laughs> after smallville
0: <laughs> uh that name sounds vaguely familiar but i will have to say i didn't store that away in my memory my memory bonks <laughs> um but yes i vaguely yes <laughs> Uh, Connors comes home and wonders why Jake's still around and accuses him of trying to worm his way in. Jake gets mad and speeds off. Connors catches up to him on the highway. Here's what I don't understand. Like, this guy keeps being like, no, I want nothing to do with you. Okay, fine. Sure. You can come over dinner. No, I want nothing to do with you. Why are you still in my house? Okay, you're leaving? What? No, I'm going to chase you down. Like, mixed signals, my guy. Yeah.
1: And how could he ever possibly catch up to Jake on his motorcycle?
0: yeah and uh, so he catches up to him on the highway and tells him he has indeed thought about him over the years and shows him a football photo jake's mom sent him he says jake should go oh shoot oh no i hit something and it went scrolling hold on Jake. he says jake should go home and let him know once he gets there (laughs) It's okay. okay um allison calls mitch's place from the shooter's pay phone because he hasn't shown up the bartender calls her a miss as though everyone who works at shooters doesn't know <laughs> everyone at melrose place she confronts him at work the next day and he admits he blew her off because she was too serious too serious like what she dumps a pitcher of water on his head and leaves
1: and we should clarify she went to his office to do this like that's a little much dude like even if somebody stands you up you don't go to their office and make a scene come on
0: also how does she know where his office
1: yeah that's another thing like i don't understand everybody can always find everybody
0: on this show (laughs) um jake arrives at joe's door and invites himself in pissing joe off royally she says her piece and he tries to smooth things over with a kiss but she cries they hug jake's apology tour continues at amanda's and he gets his apartment keys back i mean sure i thought five minutes ago he was not welcome back at this place but absolutely Uh, she wants a 500 hundred dollar deposit this time his place is exactly as he left it and his phone machine reveals that he owes the marina money and he's getting a reward for the palmer case matt comes to dr levin's office to lodge a complaint and meets peter burns his replacement his complaint is about kimberly who lacks compassion and is causing patient hardship Matt clearly wants to fuck Peter.
1: I am very, very sad about this because Doctor Levin was the only hot guy on this show, and now he's gone.
0: Aww. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. R.I.P. to your uh, your crush. Yeah, I guess I'll just have to watch other stuff that that dude is in.
1: <laughs> Maybe I can find something where he's naked. Oh. Ooh. <laughs>
0: Uh, Jane and Chris enjoy a $100 champagne at Kristoff, which is probably the outdoor restaurant where Amanda caught Allison having lunch with her horny therapist. <laughs> Jane feels bad because the next day is Sydney's birthday, so Chris suggests they should take her dancing, because sure. They kiss and go to his place where Jane confesses she has wanted to be with him for so long, And not to be forward, but she has a condom in her purse. Not to be forward, they've been dating for a long-ass time in TV terms. I was
1: actually really surprised when this happened to learn that they hadn't boned yet. Yes. Because Jane is always down to clown um, when it comes to that. Um, And I wanted to point out how funny it is that she said that she has a condom. Because I don't know if it's been anybody else's experience, but... um, you always need more than one, you know, like if you take a little break and you know you got to put on a new one or you have trouble with one, like having just one is a recipe for disaster.
0: It's a good idea to have backup, like, for sure. A,
1: a dozen. Just don't tempt fate. Um,
0: <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you're not having many sexual encounters with straight men, so I will just say that like if you were, you would probably only be using one condom unless something went terribly awry but like um (laughs) like it's it's like a one and
1: done kind of thing
0: yeah (laughs) straight men are just like put it in pull it out you're welcome i don't know that's sad um it should be more like
1: it should be more like (laughs) um like a game a nice game of tennis right like (laughs) 30 love Um, (laughs) anyway
0: uh okay wait where was I a condom yes a condom so he explains that he's more serious um sorry uh he blah 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 he explains that he's more serious about her than any woman before and he doesn't want to rush things she's confused why he invited her over and he explains he just wants her to sleep over and not bone what <laughs> what he wakes up in the middle of the night and makes an obscene phone call to Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is happening in this show? <laughs> okay. Uh, Jane and Chris arrive at Jane Mancini Designs to find Michael sitting at Jane's desk. He's there to reject the creative non interference paperwork Chris had the lawyers draw up. Chris leaves, and Michael accuses him of manipulating Jane. Jane and Chris take Sydney to Dominique's for dancing and Jane asks Chris to steer Sydney to up, to cheer Sydney up while she pees. (laughs) Um, A slow song starts and Chris grabs Sydney's ass and asks if she's decent under that dress, which Sydney recognizes as the obscene phone callers line. (laughs) Jane wants to leave and doesn't tell Jane why. Wait, Sydney wants to leave. Is that what I said? Sydney wants to leave and doesn't tell Jane why. Later, Chris calls Sydney again to let her know there's a birthday present for her in the desk. It's lingerie. <laughs> in the morning, Sydney finally tells Jane about Chris. Jane doesn't believe any of it, of course, and accuses her of trying to break up another relationship. Sydney brings out the lingerie, but Jane doesn't buy it. The phone rings again, and Sydney tries to trick him into doing it again, but Chris hears her and doesn't play along. Kimberly and Michael come to Peter's office to introduce themselves and kiss his ass. He tells her she's off the social services review committee and tells Michael he won't be taking any crap like Levin did. (laughs) Chris grabs Sydney in the courtyard at Melrose Place and threatens to have her institutionalized if she doesn't play along with his wicked game. And that is it for these three episodes. (laughs) What the (laughs) fudge?
1: I wonder if Levin, like, warned, um, what's his name, Peter, about those two, like, maybe even going so far as to say, um, they actually had dirt on me, and that's why I couldn't do anything about them, but they suck, and you should get the hell rid of them, but.
0: Maybe so. Well, there's a new sheriff in town, so Kimberly and Michael's games are up. Also, you know what I really think is kind of hilarious is that one of the things that happened over the course of these three episodes is that Michael came out of his amnesia and they just let him go back to work. Like, yeah, as a doctor, at a hospital, like, okay, sure, that makes total sense
1: yeah you'd think there would have to be like some probation, especially because even before the uh you know incident, Kimberly framed him up for you know apparently misreading somebody's chart and nearly killing that person like right so it, it just seems like it should be harder
0: <laughs> yes i uh yeah exactly um anyway yet another thing and a long list of things that make no goddamn sense on this show yes
1: but that's why we love it
0: um i mean i was i'm here for it i am here for everything that happened in these episodes i mean billy sucks he's not a joy to watch but and i kind of don't love i mean allison's not extremely likable i feel bad kind of saying that because like whatever but I wish the two of them would just fall in a hole and go away (laughs) and leave me alone and let me watch Joe and her baby situation and Jake and, you know, I don't know, Amanda doing something else other than fucking with them. I just don't enjoy their storylines very much, but yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know. It's like they're really setting us up to really enjoy, when bad things happen to them, which is noble.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's it. That's, that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, Billy is such a fucking self-centered asshole, dickweed, like moron. And then Allison would be fine, except for, uh, Courtney plays her as so whiny, Mm. you know, like, I don't know. It's just, anyway,
1: maybe, maybe the next guy, that she finds who looks just like Keith will treat her a little better, and she'll suck less. <laughs> I mean, do you agree that that guy looked just like Keith? Like, yeah. And that's the third, the like that's the the second time that a Keith clone has been involved because that guy that Billy set her up with looked just like Keith too. And it's like I get it, we have types, but it shouldn't be um, so easy to find guys that look just like Keith. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good point. Good point. Well, everybody, that is the episode of Melrose Sheltering in Place. You can find me a little bit on Instagram (laughs) at Nanarchist, and you can find Christopher at xtofer 575 We are also both on the TikTok. Um, I went mini-viral this week. Yeah, congratulations. Um, I'm officially a micro-abortion influencer, JK. I'm, you know, whatever, but... I got like 450 likes on my TikTok. What? That was wild. Did you, it was very... It's weird because like the algorithm, the way that TikTok serves things to people is so different than other social medias that you don't know. As it's happening, you never know when it's going to stop. <laughs> and it felt very exciting, but also kind of scary and out of control because you don't know... As it was picking up steam and more and more people were liking it, I was like, Oh no, at some point I'm definitely gonna end up on the for you page of people who do not like what I am saying. Right. And are gonna do like whatever in my comments, you know, like or
1: stitch you it was, and show it to more people yes. that don't like you. Yeah. Yes. Oh
0: my god. And so like there definitely was this weird feeling of like, This is great. Like I want more people to see this because it's about a bill, H B one five one five slash SB eight here in Texas, which is a six week abortion ban that allows anyone to sue someone who helps who they suspect has helped somebody get a prohibited abortion Um, and uh, anyway so we're trying to like spread the word that's happening it's really really terrible so I wanted a lot of people to see it but the thing about TikTok is like you have literally zero control over what that looks like so um, it's a very it's a very interesting setup
1: Well, Um, that's what I was going to ask is I haven't really looked in the comments yet. Have you gotten any hate comments or anything?
0: um, There's some arguing that's been happening in my comments. And it was really funny because somebody said something and I asked my coworker who knows a lot more about TikTok than I do. I was like, hey, what's the general rule of thumb? Because like I've run social media for, you know, and there's like. You know, when somebody posts a comment you like uh, they, that you don't like on your professional social media, it's not necessarily the best thing to do to, like, delete it mm. always, right? Yeah. Like, there's different ways to manage it. So, I was like, hey, what's best practice on TikTok? Because I don't like this comment. And I just wanted to delete it because whatever. And she was like, oh, no, leave it. Because other people will argue with it and that will make you get served to more people. <laughs> so... Basically, some people have commented some things and I mostly have just not read those comments Mm. because I'm like not interested in fighting with people in my own comment section. I'm not interested in knowing what nonsense they say. I don't really care. Um, But other people are fighting with them. That's good. And that helps me get seen by more people.
1: Yeah, some TikTokers have the energy that I just never would where they will like post the comment in another video and reply to it. <clears throat> excuse me and it's just like oh god that's it's too much work I'm glad nobody has anything to say about what I post because well I intentionally keep it light over there <laughs> but
0: <clears throat> the thing is is that like best practice for in my in the issue area of abortion in particular is literally just don't feed anti-abortion trolls it's not worth it yeah. arguing with them goes nowhere they're not very smart <laughs> and they aren't arguing from a good faith position or even like a fact-based position um and so there's literally no point in arguing with them no point point. and so generally speaking i mean i only wanted to delete the comment in in part because i just didn't really want other people coming in and popping off and having it turn into a circus. But it turns out that's the best thing <laughs> for your TikToks, tock right. for your comment section to be a circus. So I was like, well, at least other people are saying something. So I don't have to argue with that person, but yeah, Thanks. just never argue with people on the internet about abortion. It's not, it's just fucking stupid. Like, yeah, there's,
1: there's no argument to be made like, because people who are against it are just wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's how I feel. So, and also, like, I feel like that's a fact based position. I mean, you know, whatever. I know people will say, oh, that's just an opinion, but I'm sorry. Like, the only uh, argument people have against it is that they believe in Jesus, and Jesus says, and I'm sorry, that has nothing to do with our laws. If you think Jesus told you not to get an abortion, have at it. Knock yourself out. Never get an abortion. <laughs> That's fine. You're within your rights. Uh, But that has nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with our laws. And you're going to have to come up with some other kind of argument, bro, because that is just... Not it. That is not it. So
1: Yeah, when we when we get an official state religion, we can talk about
0: it, but Oh please God, I don't well (laughs) if you listen to testimony here in Texas at some of these committee hearings, you'd think we had one because people just show up and they're like, I'm here to testify on behalf of myself and Jesus Christ. I'm like, Jesus Christ is not a registered voter in the state of Texas. (laughs) Anyway. but if you're curious about what I'm talking about, uh, any day now we're going to get a vote probably uh, in the House of Representatives here in the state of Texas on HB 1515 and or SB 8. SB 8, basically laws go through each chamber and they can have duplicate laws so that it goes faster. Um, so SB 8 has already passed the Senate um, oh, and we'll have to get voted on in the House. But it uh, these laws are, yes, a six-week ban on abortion. But... There's no state enforcement. So instead of having it be like if you break this six week, uh, six week abortion ban, there's a civil penalty done by the state against you, like a fine or, you know, whatever. Um, They know that's unconstitutional or that those kinds of laws have been held up in other states. So instead of having a having a state enforcement action literally anyone like if my next door neighbor hates me and thinks that I helped drive somebody to the abortion clinic after the six week mark my neighbor can sue me um, just to harass me so um, it's a it could be used as a tool for domestic violence obviously it could be used for anti-abortion activists to harass abortion providers Um, it's real bad Hmm. so anyway,
1: well that's fun stuff (laughs)
0: uh yeah so anyway that's the episode Um, everybody um find us on the social media uh true story i'm trying to be there as little as possible but you can still look at my profile on instagram if you want
1: and i'm there all the time so if you need a fast answer i'm the one to come to (laughs) yeah
0: maybe we should make like an actual melrose sheltering in place account is it time some kind yeah because like I do feel like I should be promoting, but I'm, you know, I just really don't want to look at my Instagram. So,
1: um, well, if you want to, we can, cause I, I, that's definitely valid if you want to do some action for the show, but not via your own account. I, I get that. Right.
0: Um, uh, well let's talk about it, <laughs> but offline. Yeah. So, um, all right, everybody. Well, we will see you later.
1: All right. Yeah. Next time. A-
0: And uh, until then, bye. Bye. Bye.